about this today some. There's tests that come before you can get a testimony. You have to go through. And I was actually saying today, you have to take a quiz before you can take a test. And if you fail the test, you can take it again. But as you learn more from the test, the better the grade gets. So that is so, so necessary and so accurate in life is that as many, you can fail, fail, fail. And you can keep your eyes on, well, I failed, and I don't know, I'm just not going to try. Like, what's the point? I don't, I don't really care to know the answers of this test. But deep down, the Holy Spirit can give you that push to, come on, get this test. Let's go. Let's make a better grade next time. And He can help you, but He won't make you. And a lot of times I know that people want to give up, and it's easy, it's easier to give up than it is to fight. And it's not a fight, oh, I'm wrestling God, it's a fight of faith. It's a fight to not lose, to not be defeated, and to keep on. And a lot of times people fall to the wayside because they don't want to keep on because it's hard. And I'd much rather have a hard day living for Jesus than a horrible day out doing whatever. You know, we could be wherever tonight, but we're here, and I'm thankful. You know, pray for those that aren't here. Like I said the other day, you don't know what's going on. We had a sickness, and it striked us all out. <laughs> we were all out for the count. Strike three, we were done. All four of us were just done for. Thankfully, Malachi didn't get anything. But let me tell you, it was crazy. I was like, oh, my gosh, what in the world has happened here? It was back to back to back. I was like, okay, devil, that's enough. It's like everything is hit this week. I'm like, okay, I'm getting a frying pan. I'm whooping the devil's head because I'm sick of this. But really, it's just a test. It's just a test. So for those that aren't here, those who might need a prayer, we're praying for you. Jesus is there. If you're not here, it's okay. Jesus can be there. He can come to you where you are, but you got to let him. And we know that there are people sick. Continue to pray for Adam's mom that she has a speed of early recovery. And those who need prayer, who are sick or have surgery or anything going on, pray for them. Because God knows what he's doing. And in the long run, that's all that matters. Amen. There's people that are hurting, struggling. Who are we to send them straight to hell? There's people out there that need him, that are struggling, that are hurting. Who are we to dictate their eternity? The only person is between them and Jesus, and that's on them. But for those who are here and those who might be tuning in, we're thankful that y'all are here. Mom told me that $500 came in for the building fund today online, so that's a plus. See, even when it's kind of quiet and not a lot's going on and it feels like there's a raging battle, there's something good underneath. And, you know, it's always midweek right before Sunday. You know, Jesus died and then resurrection morning. So we got all this death and gloom despair going on and people are struggling and falling to the side. But Sunday morning's coming. So those who aren't here, you better be here Sunday. <laughs> because I know that the Lord's going to do a great thing. Because I'm telling you, every time that the devil has thrown his tactics and God allows it, he allows it, something good comes every single time I've noticed. The harder the fight, the greater the blessing. So I know he wants to do that for us. And if you need prayer this evening, you can even come up, pray, ask the Lord to help you. If you need the healing in your body, he can heal you. If you just need your mind to be touched, I'm telling you, he can touch you. And if you need lost loved ones that need to be saved, pray for them. Don't give up. It might look bad now, but you never know, like I said, what God's doing on the inside of a heart of man. Even if you don't see on the outside, deep down, there might be a battle on the outside and the inside. But God's digging that mud up, and he's trying to get to that diamond that he sees that can shine bright. Amen. So don't give up. Amen. Just be encouraged today. Whatever you're going through, God knows, and he will meet every need. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you right now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. We're asking right now, Lord, that you would come touch us tonight, Lord. I know that you want to touch us, Lord. So I'm asking right now by your Holy Spirit, God, that you would flood this place with your presence, Lord. I felt it as soon as I walked in, God. I know that you are here, God, that you are working in our midst, Lord. Even when things don't look the greatest, God, you're working, Lord. And we want to trust you and believe you, God, for healing those that need healing. 
healing God, the sick God, those who are sin sick or their soul is sick, God, we ask right now, Lord, that you would go to them, God, that you would touch them right now in the name of Jesus, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, God, that we would come through shine like a beautiful diamond, Lord, it might be dirty and rough right now, God, but we know that you have a plan and a purpose for everything that we go through, so we're asking right now that you would move in every heart and life tonight, God, those that are here, those that aren't here, Lord, Lord, that you would bring us all back together Sunday morning, Lord, that your presence would rule and reign, God, that you would touch the singing, Lord, the drums, the piano, God, grace, me, Lord, dad, everyone involved, God, that you would use us, God, that we would not quit, that we would not back down, Lord, that we would strive to be perfect and for perfection like you, Jesus. None of us are perfect, but that we would strive for that daily, God. And we ask right now, Lord, that you would come to us, God, right where we are, Lord. In the midst of a storm, there's a common sea, Lord, about to come, God. So I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you got a problem that's too big to solve, stop looking to man and start looking to God. Cause I know for certain there's not a thing you can do. Oh, but there's not a mountain that my God cannot move. And I've not seen a mountain that good could not move. And no, a problem he won't carry you through so just call on the master and watch what he can do for you cause I've not seen a mountain that God could not move I don't know your problems or the trials that you're facing and I don't know God's will oh but I know his grace so just keep on climbing and by faith understand if he's not moved your mountain you better believe that he can. And I've not seen a mountain that God cannot move. And no, I've not seen a problem he won't carry you through. So just call on the master. What he can do for you. No, I've not seen more mountain than God could not move. And I know he can say, say to your mountain, oh mountain, be thou removed. And it will vanish in the Five thousand souls he fed. Oh yes, oh, oh, oh what a mighty God we serve. And I've not seen a mountain that God could not move. And I'm seen a problem he won't carry you through so just call on the master and watch what he can do for 
that my God cannot move, and I've not seen one mountain that my God cannot move. Amen. Can you give me a hand clap of praise? Come on, Mama. <laughs> it's all yours now. <laughs> I think I'm, yeah, there we go. Thankful for everybody that came out tonight. If you have a Bible, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're thankful for your presence. We're thankful, Lord God, for a place that we can gather together and come in with like believers and like faith and worship you and praise you, Lord God, and gather together when we have a need. We are your children, Lord God, and we stand tonight with a need. Our first need, Lord God, is to be changed spiritually, Lord God. We have a need, Lord God, to learn and to know of you, Lord God. You are our Heavenly Father and you know what is good for us, Lord God. So we open up our hearts and our minds to you this this evening, Lord God, and we pray and ask you, Lord, to show up in a mighty way in our midst, Lord. Have your way in your people, God. Have your way in those who are not children of God tonight, Lord God. Those that are running, those that have fallen back, those that are struggling, those that are not quite where they need to be, and then those of us, Lord God, that are striving to go where we want to be, Lord God, but they're not quite where we want to be. Lord God, move in us and do a work, God, that only you can. We pray, God, that you would remove every hindrance out of the way, God that your word would come forth in truth and in power. God, anoint me to bring forth what you would have spoken tonight, God. And we thank you for everyone that is watching, that will watch, Lord, and everyone that is gathered tonight, Lord God. We know that it takes a sacrifice to come out and be in the midst of your presence on a Wednesday night. But, God, we, we do thank you, Lord God. For those that have come, we thank you for the strength and ability, God, that we have to come and worship you and praise you, God, because no matter how bad things are, you are still an awesome God. You are still worthy of all praise, honor, and glory, God, and if you never did another thing for us, God, you still stand worthy of it all. And it's in your precious name, Jesus Christ, that we pray tonight. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm often amazed at at the believers that, that run from the gathering together on Sundays and Wednesdays when they're going through something because this is a hospital for those that are in need. This is a place of rescue. And not that if you don't come here, you're not going to be rescued because it's in the presence of God that we are rescued. It's at the altar of our of bowing down before him is the place that we are rescued. And we, we oftentimes need to be rescued. Maybe it's mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And no matter what's going on, I'm just amazed that the people, when they have a trial, tribulation, they run from church. And they're going to punish God, I guess, is what they're doing, or punishing the people, or, or just they don't want to be seen because they're going through something. Well, look, everybody in here is going through something. I'm sure of it. We're living in a sin-sick world. A world that is ruled by the devil and his minions who's not going to be attacked or tempted or tried or tested. That's what living this life is about, is going through these tests to, be, to become closer and closer to God. When we're faith, faced with circumstances or situations, this is the place we need to run to because if you're running anywhere else, those people don't care about you. 
This is the place where you can come and you don't even have to tell a soul in here your problems. But if you go down to that altar with a hurting heart, you better know there's going to be a hand on the back of your head, the top of your head, or on your back that's going to stand with you or kneel with you or cry with you in prayer that God would do whatever it is that needs to be done in that moment, in that time. This will be the only place that that will happen. It may happen at your home, but this is going to be the the only place outside of that that you can gather with somebody that's going to lift you up in prayer. So if you're out there and you've run, you need to come into the house of God. Well, I don't have to come to be saved, and you don't. And with that attitude, you probably got an issue. You do need to come. You got something greater than just not coming to church in your heart if you think like that. You know, and I oftentimes hear... I oftentimes hear people say, well, Sunday night's the only time that we have family night. And I'm going to say this to you. Your life and your priorities are out of, out of balance. If Sunday night is the only time out of seven days in a week that you have to spend time with your family, or Sunday morning, Sunday night, or whatever, if it happens to always fall on a church night, it's the only time that you have time to spend with your family. Your priorities are out of balance, and your life is way too busy. And you need to step back and ask God, what is going on? And that's what happens. It's the only day a week that I have to rest. You need to rest in Jesus, and you'll want to come to church. We're too busy, too tired to this, and, and we always have an excuse, but... We always find time to punch in at work, but we always find the excuse not, not to come to church. And I'm, I, I'm always big on church attendance because it's not even an issue for me. I, I, I just, it's just not even a question. Are we going to go to church tonight? There's never been a question in my, in, unless somebody is sick that if we're going to go to church or not. You think about what what you're going through, and and it does not compare to what what Paul went through in the Bible or what the prophets of old or even any of the other apostles went through. What we're going through today is not even... We're not being beat. I don't see anybody with any beat marks on them. I don't see anybody that's gone through what they've gone through. Our little little trials and tribulations today are, are not even worthy to be compared to what's coming. But we get our eyes on those situations, circumstances, and what we're doing is we're getting our eyes on it. It's all about me. Look what I'm going through. I'm having a hard time. You don't know what I'm going through. Me, 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 me. And that's our problem. And the Bible teaches something totally different. That if our eyes are on Jesus Christ, and we won't, we, we won't be so concerned about the things that are going on. Everybody has, has troubles, okay? We get that out of the way. And we, we Sunday, uh, our our family got completely just wiped out with sickness all of a sudden. And actually it hit me when I was back there on the camera. I thought for a minute, I'm like, here I am. And it, I thought I was going to faint. I got lightheaded and, and nauseated and, and, and uh, just felt all of a sudden, just all of a sudden, just very terrible. And I thought, he's going to have to hurry up. I'm going to be on the floor in a minute. And Michaela looks over at me and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> he's got to stop or I'm going to go down. But when I left church, anyway, so I got hit, and it was not long after, after I went down that um, the rest of them, one right after the other, just, just were, we were wiped out. Um, not really sure exactly what it was. Maybe it was just a stomach bug or, or whatever. But anyway, we, we took a, a very a, a hit. And it's unlikely that everybody in your entire family had the same six hours or 12 hours goes down like that. Usually one gets it, then you know it's going to be your turn, right, Candace? I mean, eventually you're going to get it. But, but it just took us, and it's, it's just par for the course, right? I mean, we've fresh out of revival. People have been hit. You know, people have sickness. And I do want to let people know my mom and dad have not quit coming. They, my mom had a hip replacement, in case any of you did not know. And she is not able, she's she is not able to sit here through the service yet. They're watching live on the Internet, and um, that's the reason they have not been here. But she has recovered well, and she looks to be coming back very soon. So just keep her in your prayers. And I'm sorry I did not mention that prior to today. I'm not very good at those things. So as we are in Second Peter chapter 1, we're going to read a few verses and see what the Lord has for us tonight. The Bible says in 2 Peter 
chapter 1 and verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue, whereby, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And this scripture has been going over and over in my heart and in my mind for, for actually a few weeks. He's given us all things that pertain to life. First of all, he starts out saying, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through... You know, everywhere we go, we see grace and peace. You see all the signs and shirts and people, people say that. But grace and peace can only be obtained by and through Jesus Christ. And it can be multiplied unto you. You know, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And there's many times that that applies, especially when we're going through things, whether it's sickness, whether it's a test or a trial we're being attacked and Maybe the devil's whispering things into our ears, and 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 he, he, the Lord God, can give us peace through that, and He can give us grace, unmerited, undeserved, and unearned favor during those things. And it's His desire that we have those. It's not His desire that we be beat down, tired, disgusted, and gloom and despair, and don't want to come. I'm too tired. I'm 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 this. I'm that. And we have all the excuses in the world. He wants to to develop us into that which he has willed for our life. Everyone has a different call on their life, everyone, but everyone has a different ministry, so to speak, and everyone has a different place in the church body. But everyone is called to grace and mercy. Everyone is called to learn of him and to know him. And the Bible tells us that grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. you got to know God. you got to know. You don't have to believe that there is a God. You have to have faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God who gave himself on Calvary for you. You have to believe in him as God, as Savior, as Lord of your life. Because there's many people that believe there is a God. But they don't have saving faith. They don't have faith in Jesus Christ. They don't believe God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because it says, through knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. In verse 3 it says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things through his power, his strength, his work, his mighty power, his mighty working power of the Holy Spirit. He's given us all things. There's no excuse for anyone. There's Bibles in every... In, you can get a Bible anywhere. You can go to the Dollar Tree, the Dollar General, Walmart. You can get a Bible anywhere. You can look it up on your phone. There's no excuse for us. And especially in a church that preaches the truth. There's no more excuse for us not to know, well, I didn't know. That's not an excuse anymore. Well, I didn't understand. That's not an excuse anymore. And you know what that is? That's an excuse. It's an excuse to stay where you are. It's an excuse not to bring your burdens to the altar. It's an excuse to complain and murmur. It's, a, it's an excuse because you like your sin or you want to stay where you are. It's an excuse. And God doesn't take our excuses or an excuse note when we get to heaven. He's going to say, I made it plain. I made it simple. I gave it to you over and over. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. Well, I couldn't be there because of, he's going to say, it's not my fault. That's yours. Your priorities were out of balance. Your priorities were out. What if you had to go to church every single night? Not had to, but what if there was church every night? The book of excuses would quadruple. I couldn't do it because I have to go to work, because I have kids. Sorry about that. 
Because I have kids, because I have this, because I have that. We have all these excuses. The best place for your kids is in church. And we don't keep them too, keep you too awful late. And we tried to have it even earlier on Sunday night so that people can go home. Some live further away than others. I understand that. But we can at least, we can at least come when we can come. Many people I have prayed with to get jobs so that they could be off on Wednesdays. And they come for a little while and they quit coming. And you wonder why. Didn't God give you the job that you got off on Wednesdays? And what is your excuse? Well, I have to get up early. I get up early too. Well, I'm tired. Well, I'm tired. Why don't you take those burdens to the Lord and ask him to relieve you of those? Maybe it's just an excuse because you're lazy. I mean, we don't like to hear that, do we? There's a lot of sloth sitting in church. Lazy Christians don't get anything done, but we have a lot of them. They're the same ones that try to perform jobs at, at businesses and others have to pick up their slack. People are lazy today. Let's just be real about it. People don't, wanna, people don't want to work. We have that problem at, at every job. Those that do show up have to work double time because of those who won't come. And it's just like that in the kingdom of God. People quit doing what God's called. Oh, God's called me to do this. Well, where are you? Why'd you quit coming? Well, I had a problem. Oh, do you got scripture for that? Show me where God says you, you quit when you get a problem. The Bible tells me to, that he, that there is no temptation, no trial, no tribulation that is too much for me or that is not common to another man. That somebody else somewhere, sometime, maybe before now or going to, is going to go through that. But what does the Bible say? God is always faithful. And he always provides a way of escape. It said, we want the escape. We don't want to go through it. We want to escape out of it. But the Bible says that he's going to give us the power to go through it, to endure it. And that's what he wants for us. But we have all excuses under the sun. He says that, that according as his divine power has given unto us all things. What do you need to know? Let's open the book and find out about it. Because everything you need to know is in here. If you don't read this, you're not going to know. And when a trial or a tribulation test comes your way, you're going to fall away. Why? Because you don't know anything. You can't just know it on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesdays. You've got to read it for yourself. You've got to read it to believe it. Because I can tell you all day long, but when you see it and the Holy Spirit resonates that into your heart and, it, and he writes it on the tablet of your heart, then you know that you know that you know because you've seen it for yourself. You have felt it for yourself. You have witnessed it for yourself. And then you can experience it for yourself. You know, there's that saying that you can't tell it like I tell it what he's done for me. Because you can't tell it like I can tell it what he's done for me. And I can't tell it like you can tell it what he's done for you. It's kind of like that. When you know what he's done in you, then you know that you know that you know. And you can't know anything if you're not picking up this Bible. If you're not picking up this Bible every day, you're not going to know anything. And if you start giving heed to the devil... And listening to the lies of the enemy. What's the lies of the enemy? Anything that's not in this book. Anything of negativity. Anything that says, they don't want you there. You're of no use to them. You see, you don't do this or you don't do that. Or they're looking at you. Oh, you missed the service. They think this. What do you care what people think? Are you so consumed with people and your image? that you don't care what God says about you, you don't need to back up or sit down or stop what God's doing because somebody might think something. Look, somebody might think something with you being here doing what God's told you to do. Somebody might think something. And if that's what you base your life on, you better just go on home, lock the door, and don't ever leave because you'll never make it. But you got to say, what does God think? What does God say about me? What does God expect from me? He's given me all of this knowledge, and what am I doing with it? What am I doing with it? Nothing. 
we can't grow and we want the church to fill up, but we want it to fill up how? We just want the Holy Spirit to go out and draw them in here without us doing a single thing. We don't want to play, we don't want to have to do anything because, you know, I mean, I got to work. And then I've got this stuff at my house, and, you know, I've got a car payment, I got a house payment, I got this, I got that. We ha- Again, we go right back to what I have to do. Our priorities get completely out of balance. Our priorities. What is priority? Well, I have to work. That's your priority, not God providing for you. You mean you have to choose work over God's will? Well, then maybe you're in bigger mess than you thought you were in. God wants us to work. The Bible says a man don't work, he don't eat. And some of us could probably lose about 50 pounds if we went off of that. (laughs) Just kidding. A man don't, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. That means God has designed the man to be the head of the house and to provide for his family. And that doesn't mean that the wife lays around the house. But that means that we are supposed to do our part. We are supposed to work with our hands. We should want to. We should have a desire after being saved to have that desire to work, to want to do something and not to be, not to be in a vegetative stage. Because when you're out there doing whatever you do, you can be a witness to someone else. Someone else is watching. It doesn't mean you run around with the Bible having to quote Scripture all the time or witness to every single body. A lot of times just... Your life and things that you do or that you don't do are a witness to people. So the Bible tells us that everything that we need to know that pertains unto life and godliness are found through the knowledge of Him who has called us to glory and virtue. He has, knowing Him, knowing His Word, Prayer, communication with God. It doesn't mean that every day you have to spend a certain amount of time reading or a certain amount of time praying. But sometime in your Christian walk throughout the day, you're going to want to have some communication with the Lord. You're going to want to know more because the more you know, the stronger you are as a believer. Because when things come at you, you will remember what you just went through. When a test comes, another test comes your way, you'll remember that that other test you had turned into a testimony. Oh, you'll remember how brother or sister so-and-so stood up in church and talked about the test that they went through that that has now come your way, that God brought them through, and that is an example to you. But if brother and sister so-and-so aren't here anymore... And nobody ever talks about the trial, tribulation, test to a testimony that they went through. You know, it's strange to me how some people tell testimonies of everybody except themselves. They've never told a testimony of their own. Because you can't tell it like I can tell it, what he's done for me. I can't, you, you can't tell my testimony like I can tell my testimony. I cannot tell your testimony like you can tell it because you can go back there and remember what it felt like to be born again, to be set free. And that's something that comes from within. So when we stop doing what God's called us to do, why do we? Why do we back up? Out of fear of what people think? Out of the pressure is too much? Pressure. Pressure? I mean, pressure? What kind of pressure? Oh, the devil's put pressure on me. Okay, pressure to stop running a church? Uh, pressure to stop preaching? To stop singing? You think Karen doesn't go through pressure? To, the devil doesn't tell her to stop singing? I mean, sure he does. She's never said it, but I, has he? Shut up. They don't care to listen to you. 
You don't sound like the platform down there. It don't matter what she sounds like. If the anointing is on her life, it sounds good to me. And I knew when I heard her on Facebook that one day, I told Thomas, you got to listen to this. Listen to Karen on there. I said, you're going to get her. You're going to have to ask her. I said, That's, she's got something there. And she's been up here ever since. She's anointed. And if you think the devil doesn't, doesn't hit her, you're talking about pressure. Every Sunday she's up here. And if you think she probably doesn't step up here, here, and sometimes here, the devil hadn't beat her all the way up here. Pressure. There's a lot of pressure just to come to church, much less to do anything for God. But the greater the call, the greater the test. And some people don't make it out of the first grade. And they'll never fulfill the complete call that God has on their life. Because they continue to back down because they can't handle the pressure. The pressure, what kind of pressure did Jesus have? They sought to kill him from the day he started preaching. What about Peter and Paul? What about Moses? What about Abraham? Pressure. What about taking your only, your only child up to the altar knowing you're going to have to sacrifice in pressure? We don't know what pressure is. We, we, don't come to me with pressure. Because we, we don't know pressure. Pressure? We get a little bitty sample of it, and we, we, we can't handle it. It's because we're not where we think we are. It's, not, it's because we're not where we need to be. Our eyes get onto ourselves instead of on Jesus. Because when you're looking at Jesus, you know what? I don't even see my hands right now. When I'm looking at Jesus, I don't see my hands. I can't see anything around me right now because my eyes are fixed on him. So all these things, now I can't see because I looked at that light. So you, I really can't. So all <laughs> when you look at yourself, we, we walk around like this. Look at me, look at me, look at me. What are they saying about me? What do they think about me? What, did they make that post about me on Facebook? That's, you better shut the mouth to the enemy and say, Satan, that little message I wrote on the bottom of my shoe, that's for you. Don't let the enemy deceive you by posts on Facebook because I'll tell you, when you start going through something or something happens and you start looking at people's posts, all of a sudden you start thinking things that you used to, amen, oh yeah, I'm going to share this. You start thinking, they're talking about me in a negative way. When you used to post the same thing, don't let the devil, the devil's sitting there laughing at us. Because he's got us hook, line, and sinker with our eyes on ourselves instead of our eyes on Jesus. And he's laughing at us. And we're supposed to be building the kingdom of God and we can't even get out of our house and come to the house of God because we're so wrapped up, tied up, and tangled all up in myself. The real problem is self. That is the real problem. What will they think about me? What, will, what about me? What about me? They don't look at me. They don't think of me. They hadn't asked me. They don't want... Look, every person in this church is very important. Every person in this church is important. It doesn't matter if you never stand up here. You are important. The Joneses, we know that when somebody goes to the altar, that Mr. Jones is going to wait until he's prompted and he's going to step out. Not every single time, but we know he's going to wait. And eventually, he'll go and he'll pray with someone. Does he have to do some big, wild, out loud prayer? No, but he's agreeing with them in prayer. He's not going to pray the same way I pray. He's not going to pray for someone the same way that Karen prays for. Or Adam or, or Lisa Grace. The other Joneses slash Brown, I try. I try to call you the Browns, but it's the Joneses. <laughs> you know, every person is important in this church. And don't think for any reason that you're not. When you're not here, you are missed. 
because we love each and every one of you, and we know that God has placed you here, and you're part of this body. And if you want to try to walk in church one day without your leg, that, well, I'm not as important as that leg. Okay. And then you walk in without your arm. It's still a part of the body. And you don't realize that you're using it so much until it's not there. And then you have a handicap. So we got to get our eyes off of ourselves. Look, everybody has, has eyes to see, ears to hear. Some may not hear so well, but you can still hear. Hands to lift up, hands to lay on someone, legs to walk into church. Some might walk with a limp, but you walk into church. We have a lot to be thankful for. And if you want to get your eyes on yourself, look at all the things God's blessed you with. Eyes and ears and, and legs and hands and health. I mean, we, our health does get hit at times. But God's given us, given us many things for us to get our eyes on ourselves in a, in a way that, that, that causes us to fail. And that's our problem is ourself. Whenever we get our eyes off of Jesus Christ and start looking at ourselves, and we wouldn't say that in the midst of it, but during a test or a trial, and I know that our, our church right now is being tested. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. And you can look around and see empty seats. They're being tested. Thomas is sick. Our family got sick. A mom's out with a, with a hip. She thought she'd snap back. And I'm like, you're in your 70s, lady. You're just not going to snap back like a ginger snap. You like an, an older person. <laughs> and you don't just bounce back. Even, even when we get sick in our bodies as we get older, when we get sick, it knocks us down for a loop. And we don't just bounce back, so we go through things. Look around. There's people out. There's people missing. It's, look, we don't have to explain why nobody's here. We know people are going through things. We know the enemy has attacked, that the wolf has come and has whispered into people's ears and has lured people away by their own lust. And most of the, most of the time it's them getting on a, a self-pity party for themselves, although they may not. I did not. I did not. It wasn't all about me. But in reality, what was it about? It was about you. Your eyes got on yourself and off of Jesus because Jesus does not fail. And he'll always bring us into truth. And the lies that you're listening to are of the enemy. They're not from us. We're not here to beat anyone down. We're not here to discourage anyone, but to encourage you that sometimes you have to be rebuked. The, the Bible tells us that the word of God rebukes us at times. It encourages us at times. But if we never get chastised, then we're not children of God. But we get into the place where we don't want to be told anything because we know the message of the cross and we got it all together. Well, where are you that have it all together? I can't see you. We don't, we in here, you see all of us? We don't have it together. But you know what? We know where we need to come to. And we know that in him are all things that pertain to life and godliness. Because outside of him is death. There's spiritual death. And from spiritual death, you lose everything. The devil, what's his job? Steal, kill, and destroy. He'll destroy your home. He'll steal everything you have, your car, your finances, your peace, your joy, your laughter, your home, your families. He'll steal your relationship with Jesus Christ if you let him. But you have to let him. Because he can't take it from you unless you hand it over. You open the door and ask him what he wants. Why are you opening the door to the devil? Why? Why are you listening to the lies of the enemy? We're on your side. We're on your side, believer. We're on your side, sinner. We still want to see the lost saved. We're not against anyone besides the devil. 
We're against sin. And the father of it is the devil. Remember Adam and Eve in the garden? God created Adam and then Eve, male and female. And he had them in the garden and told them that they can eat all of, out of all of the trees except for this one. You cannot eat out of for when you do, you will surely die. The devil comes along and says, Would God, is that really what God said? Would he surely kill you? I mean, he created you. Why would he kill you? Paraphrasing, making sound like in today. Why, why would he, he? God, did God surely say he would kill you? He, he just doesn't want you to become like him. He persuades Eve. Eve takes, she eats, and she gives it to Adam. And then when God says, hey, Adam, where are you? Well, I was hiding because we were naked. Who told you you're naked? And then he says, what have you done? Adam says, Eve did it. Eve says, oh, the serpent did it. We're always pointing our finger at why we messed up. Well, it was because, you know what those people at church did? Somebody said something to me at church. Really? And? Well, I'm not going back. But didn't you just say God called you there? Yeah, but that person. Oh, oh, I got it. So you're telling me that people overrule God's will. So if a person says something to you, then God's saying, yeah, okay, well, you, can, you don't have to do what I said. See how stupid it sounds? So we're saying, God's called me here. This is the call God's placed in my life. He's told me to be at Family Worship Center. He's told me to be here and, and pray for people. He's told me to come and give. He's told, me to, he's told me to sing. He's told me to play. He's told me to preach. He's told me to run the camera. He's told me to run the sound. He's told me to do the nursery. He's told me to clean. He's told me. But, that part, but somebody said something to me, so I'm not going back. But I thought you said God said. Well, that, you know what they said to me? So, what a person, a person, a flesh and blood person says to you overrides everything God's already told you and done in you. Just like that. Do you know how they looked at me? Just like that, somebody looking at you and you're, you're gone. You've fallen away from, the, from where God's placed you. Five days ago, it was God's will. Four days now, nope, it wasn't. Do we see how foolish we become when we get our eyes on ourselves? And that's, that's just all about me. It's, it's what, it's me. If God has told you to do something and it's been affirmed in here and you're doing it, don't, don't let anybody looking at you, saying anything to you, that's, you know, Sometimes the devil, people are influenced by the devil to say things they shouldn't say. Oh, a Christian? Well, duh. He influences them. Look, at, they are not in, that is not the Holy Spirit. You see them jumping around? That is not. That's their flesh. Do you think, is that God? then who is it? So we're going to let what other people think about us, what other people say, how other people even look at us, determine if we're going to walk in God's will or not. We are not what we think we are. We are babies, like Thomas spoke of Sunday morning. We're babies on the bottle. You need to give that bottle back to Malachi, and you need to go out there at Western Sizzling and get you some steak because you're way too big to be sucking on that bottle. Once you get these, you need to eat some meat. And everybody in here, you got teeth? Y'all need to be eating meat. Get away from the box. We got one without. I think you can still eat some meat, though, right? Yeah. So we, we need to remember. What, just think about how, what we're saying and how easily we get sidetracked from what God's called us to do, all because of something silly. It's silly. But do you know that that affects 
more than just you. It affects other people. When you're not here or someone quits coming, it affects the whole body. The whole, I mean, it, look, it's obvious. This church is, if we had thousands of people in here, you may not notice. But when somebody it comes for a while and then they're gone, we know. We know you left, okay? It's, it's not a big deal. You're always welcome. They're always welcome, Who, even if you're watching. You're welcome to come back. We always take you back. I mean, we've never turned anybody away. But it's obvious. So you've got to get past that. And it affects everybody because everybody knows. And if you think for one minute that doesn't affect people negatively, you're wrong. It affects us. It affects the body. It affects the viewers. Because you don't know how many people watch. And they're used to seeing you because I get all you on camera. All you. All you get on camera. So when they see the Joneses out, they're thinking, there's Billy and Joyce. I know they always sit right there. And I'm not seeing them today. They got to be sick. We're so-and-so. I mean, this is, to, to people who watch, this is their church. You are their people. And they depend on you. It's encouraging. We come for one another. We come to be built up in Christ. And everything that you need is found in the Word of God. And that's why we preach the Word of God. To build you up. To encourage you. So that when you're going through a hard time and you want to give up, you claw your way into church. And you don't have to be super saint to sit here and go through your issue. Because you need to go to the hospital when you're dying. You need to be hooked up to the IV and let them give you some life's blood again. Some IV fluids. What Thomas and Michaela had to go to the ER and get pumped up again. They were dragging, and I was too sick to take them. I'm like, y'all, 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 sorry. Y'all have to get there, call an ambulance, I don't know, but I cannot. We were just passing the poor little baby all around. Whoever wasn't throwing up got him. And anyway, so they had to go and get pumped back up and they were down and nearly dead. Not really, but you know. So when you're dragging and you need, you come in here and we'll hook you up to Jesus Christ. Call your way here. Drag yourself when you don't, when you don't want to come to church is the time the most that you need to come. Have there been times I didn't want to come? Of course. Of course there are. Everybody goes through that. But this is when we come, somehow we get energized and we're glad when we leave that we did and we should walk out those doors changed by the power of God. That's why we gather. So I want to remind you, according to his divine power, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We once were sinners, but now we're saved, all by the blood of Jesus. He has great promises for us. And the, and the enemy wants to destroy that in our life. God has many promises for this church. I, I don't look at how many aren't here. I look at how many are here and how many are coming. I look at that as that is a big task for a big God. It's a small task for a big God. It's a big task for little small people like us. But God's already got it under control. He already knows, but he's trying to go through and get us where we need to be so that we are able to to handle what comes. If we're tossed to and fro, what kind of of wishy-washy church do we want the hundreds coming into? We need to be rooted and established in the Word of God. 
We need to know that sin will not, cannot, and should not have dominion over us. The sin nature doesn't rule us any longer. We're free by the blood of Jesus. We were servants of sin, but now we're servants of the Most High God, and we, we have fruit of the Spirit and not works of the flesh. That's in Galatians. We're supposed to be standing fast in the liberty, the freedom and liberty that Christ died to give us and that we obtained when we said yes to Jesus that day when we got saved. There's liberty in Jesus Christ. Don't you ever let what anybody says to you in this church or looks at you in any way make you stay home from this church. And if somebody comes to you and says anything out of the way, you need to let us know. Well, I shouldn't say who it was. You better say who it was. You better not let them draw somebody else out of this church. You better not let them hinder somebody else when you know that there's somebody doing that. This in our congregation. I'm not saying anybody did, but I'm saying if they did. Who do you think you are doing that? Where have you been? Why you could have been here, but you anybody says anything like that, you need to bring that to us. Well, I don't want them to know. Why? You want them to do it to somebody else? You don't care if they take the whole flock out of here? Are we supposed to be watchmen for the herd? I mean, we're a herd. We're we're the sheepfold here. If we can't look out for one another, do we care? Well, I don't want anybody to think that I, oh, because it'll draw attention to you because you don't want to be a snitch, you don't want to be a whistleblower, or because you really don't care about, you care more about what people think of you than you do somebody else's soul. If somebody, a newborn Christian comes in here and somebody says something out of the way to them and they do not come back, we don't know that that's not the case with our brother that didn't come back. What if somebody said that and you hold the key to us addressing that. Does it mean we're going to kick that person out? No, but if somebody says something out of the way, you better know you're going to get called. Because it's not right. What if somebody said something to one of your family members? You wouldn't want them to do that to someone else. Or what if you knew it and you didn't say it and they didn't? I mean, we got to care about people. And that's part of it. We just have to suck it up and say what happened. You don't have to post it on Facebook and tell everybody in church, but you need to tell Thomas or I. Because we're watching out for the flock, and we don't always know everything that is said. But could it be that somebody has run their mouth or said something or looked a certain way and, it, and, and you know about it, and you didn't say anything and you let it happen again? And, and maybe that's why people, some people have left. How dare us? We need to be able to stand against the enemy and the tactics of him. Does it mean we beat that person up? And, no, but they need to be addressed. They need to be addressed because we have to care about what if it was somebody else. I can, oh, I can handle that. I mean, I'm not going to come back or anything, but I can, I mean, it ain't no big deal. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. But what if it happens to a new believer and they fall away and they lose their way? And we didn't want to say anything because we might be, they might say something to us. Well, they already said something to you. Do you understand? So we need to call the devil out when he's saying things. And I'm not saying people are possessed with the devil, but people are influenced. And sometimes people just get in themselves in their flesh and they say things that come across as the wrong way and they need to be corrected. And we can't correct everything that we, things that we don't know about. So God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness because he has great and precious promises for us. What are all those promises? I know that one day we'll receive them in glory, have an eternal life with Jesus Christ. And there are precious promises that he's given us here. For one, we have a body of believers that I feel like if I was to come in here hurting and had a problem that I could go to anybody and just, I need you to pray for me, and you would immediately just say, oh, what is it? What would Thomas do to you? I, 
No, that you would just say, let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. I feel like that here. So we need, we need to remember that there are great and precious promises that God has for us. And one of them, of course, was salvation, deliverance, healing. We don't know all of them, but we can be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world. We are no longer in this world. This world does not have dominion over us. We live in it, but we're not ruled and we're not dominated by it. So whatever you have need of, that's for me. When people come to me with certain things and they, they, they have a doctrine or a belief or they, they give me something, try to ask me questions about the word, and I'll say, well, where's your scripture for that? Because the Bible has everything that pertains to this life. Whatever problem you have, whatever issue, whatever need that you have, spiritually, financially, mentally, emotionally, physically, Family-wise, work-wise, church-wise, knowledge-wise is found in the Word of God. It is found in Jesus Christ because He is the Word. Whatever you need and whatever comes in life's way is found in the Word of God. That's why if you're not reading it, you're going to sink. You have to know it. You have to know it. If you would, let's just stand and pray in closing. Just remember, all things that pertain to life and godliness, if you want to know what God's will is for your life, study. Study the Word of God. Let Him speak to you through the Scriptures. Let Him show you His will for your life. If you have a problem, go to Him. I mean, you can always come to us. We're always here for anybody, and everything is confidential. I'm going to let people know. I, I know that we oftentimes tell people, you need to take it to Jesus, take it to Jesus, take it to Jesus. If, you, if you're at wit's end, I mean, if you, are, if you have a problem and you have taken it to the Lord and you need some help, I'm not saying like psychology help. I'm talking about if you are on the verge of letting go of that rope, Come to us. We don't care what you're battling. We don't care what it is. It's not going to change how much we love you. It's not going to change our view of you. It won't change anything. But we're here to guide people in the right direction. And sometimes it takes a correction because they may not be going in the right direction. Their beliefs, their doctrines could be off, and they need to be corrected. And that's a good thing. And other times they need to be shown in the Word of God because sometimes the devil comes in and causes confusion and they listen to outside things and they get their eyes on social media and it confuses them and makes them think that people are against them and it, it, the devil gets in there and he plays all kind of havoc on people's minds. We're here for you. But we want you to first take, we want you to know how in the midst of, of darkness to go to the Lord because when nobody else is around, you've got to know. You've got to know him enough to go to him. But we're always here for everyone. And those watching or listening over the Internet, you can always, if you have my number, you can text me, you can message me. We're always here. We do get people that ask, can you pray for me over this situation? Can you agree with me in prayer for this? Of course, I don't have to know details. Just ask to pray. We'll pray. I'll text you a prayer. I'll, you can call a prayer or message you a prayer. But sometimes we just need somebody, Lord, when I was weak, Somebody stood in prayer for me. I don't know if that's how the song goes, but something like that. Somebody touched God for me. That's what it was. So let's pray in closing tonight. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for everything, God, that you have done in us and through us tonight, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for every... Every soul that has been touched tonight, Lord God, we know that everything we have need of is found in this word, God. We've not come to beat anyone up, Lord God, but we've come, Lord God, to encourage people to look to Jesus Christ, to get your eyes, our eyes, off of ourselves and to remember, no matter what we're going through, that Jesus has the answer. He is our strength. He is our comfort. He is our peace, and he will extend grace and mercy to us in our time of need. We just got to reach up with our hand and grab a hold of the nail-scarred hand. 
Lord, we thank you for, for everything that you've done tonight. God, we pray for those that are struggling out there, Lord God, those that didn't come for whatever reason, Lord, those that have fallen away, those that have stopped, Lord God, those that have been hindered, hit, whatever it is, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray that the Holy Ghost would go to them and arrest their soul right now in the name of Jesus, that you would touch them, Lord God, that you would move on them, that you would cause them, God, to go to their knees and cry upon you, Lord God, and that you would deliver them, that you would heal them, that you would bring them victory in the name of Jesus, God. Touch every one of us, strengthen us, Lord God, those that have been hit with sickness, God, that you would heal their bodies, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done tonight. We pray that you would gather everyone back for a Sunday morning service, Lord God, that you would move in a mighty way and that you would help us, Lord God, in our time of need. Those, Lord God, that are coming tomorrow for the ladies' Bible study for Michaela, Lord God, that you would draw people by your spirit, Lord God, that you would anoint everything that is done, Lord God, that fruit would come from it, Lord. We thank you in advance. We know that the devil has tried since this was announced to hinder, Lord God, but you will prevail in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over every life, over ever over every child, Lord God, and we pray, Lord, for a hedge of protection around your people. And it's in the name of Jesus we give you all praise, honor, and glory. Amen. We'll see you Sunday morning. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423 744-0774.